We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The ballroom at the Palmer House Hilton was buzzing this past week with the sound of scores of job seekers being interviewed and maybe hired by the employers who staff the tables throughout the room. You are at Hospitality Hires Chicago. This is our retail spin. Hospitality Harrington Norrington Reeves presides over it all and insists her staff is doing all the work, but don't believe her. When she's not stopping for an interview, she is a blur of activity. This week, it's all about jobs. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My name is Karen Norrington-Reeves. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership. Norrington-Reeves' job, as you might imagine from her title, is to oversee job development programs for both Chicago and Cook County, so technically she has two bosses, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Cook County Board President Tony Prackwinkle. And yes, the city and county are getting along on this. We caught up with Norrington Reeves last Wednesday as she and her staff kicked off the Hospitality Hires Chicago event. Her communications director, Dooney Cozy Gay, greeted the officials and leaders of the various employers and industry groups at the beginning of the day. She outlined how it would all go. You all are very much the fabric of this event, and so it's natural that you're here. And so thank you for carving out time to be here with us today. We know you are all very busy saving the world getting people employed and making Chicago... Cook County Board President Tony Preckwinkle also stopped by for a brief greeting and pictures. We are proud partners of Hospitality Hires Chicago. All right. We can move with you. Michael Jacobson is head of the Illinois Hotel and Lodging Association, one of the original sponsors of Hospitality Hires Chicago. He says this is an important program for his industry. Yeah, well, many people don't really is while we are one of the big employers in the city, there's still a lot of jobs to be filled. As of this morning, we have over 740 open positions just in hotels, just in the city of Chicago. Next, Tony Preckwinkle went on to greet some of the people who had come hoping to leave with jobs. They looked eager and nervous. The real work of the day was about to begin. So I'm very grateful to the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership that uh, puts on this event every year. And I know it's a wonderful opportunity for the people who are in attendance, because I always get reports back about the number of people who got jobs and who got second interviews and who had, as a result of this event, uh, an opportunity for employment. The so industry I'm people and the county board president next went on a tour of two hotel floors that would encompass the hiring event. There were a few smaller screening rooms, refreshments for the employers. Then there was that big ballroom when job seekers were meeting with job givers. Board President Preckwinkle stopped at every table. After the board president left, we caught up with Karen Norrington-Reeves again so she could explain what we were watching. Hospitality Hire Chicago was started by the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership in collaboration with a number of our partners in the Central Business District, including the Near South Planning Commission, the Magnificent Mile Association, Choose Chicago, Illinois Hotel and Lodging Association, and the Illinois Restaurant Association. So those core partners came together to try and figure out how could we get more people from throughout Chicagoland working at the jobs within the Central Business District. 
Now, a lot of people would think that, uh, you know, jobs are hard to find, uh, but the picture I get is that there are a lot of places looking for jobs. There are a lot of opportunities, and actually, you know, the truth is that there is more demand and more supply than anyone really is aware of. You hear the data about the unemployment rate across the country, but when you look at urban cities such as Chicago and you begin to drill down based on age, based on race, based on gender, the unemployment rates can be astronomical. Mm. So tell me a, a little bit about, first off, the, uh, I won't say audience, but the, the people who, the, who are participating and coming here, um, who are they? So what you see and hear, it, we are in a, a ballroom at the Palmer House Hilton. The people here in this room are employers. We've got over 40 employers and also job seekers. And we have what I say curated both sides of the table. So we have met with the employers. We understand what their hiring needs are. We have a sense of the type of criteria that they have for each of their various roles. And then we have screened the participants. So we have helped them with resume writing if they needed that. We've helped them with mock interviews. We have vetted them against the different positions that we have. And we have brought all these folks together in the hopes that they're going to make a match. And one of the great things about events like this is that our employers come in prepared to make conditional hiring offers on the spot. So I just... I'm sure you just saw, I was with a woman who just got two conditional offers, one from Amtrak, one from the Art Institute, and later this afternoon she has a third interview. Mm. Now, the employer, this is, uh, I guess this is the hospitality industry, more or less here, yes. but tell me about the range of kinds of employers who are here. Sure, so we have employers such as the Art Institute, we have uh, large buildings uh, that house retail, such as 900 North Michigan. We have Mariano's here, who's been a long partner of ours. We have a diversity of employers from uh, hotels. We've got the Hilton here as well. Smash Hotels, which has sort of a boutique niche market, um, all the way to large retailers. Now, in the past, we've often had the tourism industry as well, but this one is really focused on those customer service oriented positions, whether they be entry level and all the way through management. Really? And, and the job seekers, uh, you know, this is an era where sometimes it seems there are very high and very specific qualifications for jobs. How do you handle that? Well, actually this part of the industry does depend on experience and knowledge, and we have a hospitality and retail sector center that helps to prepare people. They lead them through nationally industry-recognized credentials that will allow those folks to walk into these interviews with a credential showing that they have mastered customer service, showing that they've got managerial skills as well. So we run the gamut in terms of our training and preparation, um, but a lot of these folks are coming in with significant experience already. So the, these aren't necessarily the people who uh, need extensive job training, uh, although... They very well could. We, we meet people where they are, from the folks who have very limited education and limited work experience to people with PhDs. We have placed 
someone from every walk of life and from every level of job readiness and experience. Um, how many of these do you do a year? And, and also tell me how many people you expect today. So it's difficult to know the numbers. We have people pre-register that we've pre-screened, but folks who walk in today, we actually have pre-screening services available on-site here today where we will vet them, we lead them through a mock interview process, we have a, a standard set of criteria, and they will be able to interview as well today. So we expect at least 400 or so. Um, the very first time we held this event, we had already vetted two, 300 folks and on the day of the event, 371 folks showed up and we had to pre-screen them on site as well. So we have learned how to um, build in more time to get people prepared to actually come up and meet with the employers. Now I uh, uh, overheard, I assume that this is a learning experience for a lot of them and uh, when I was coming back downstairs with, uh, to, to see you, um, I saw somebody come up to the desk and say they wanted to sign in and the person says, and it was like 10.03, and the person at your desk said, you have a 10 o'clock call time, right? And he goes, yeah. Said, and you're just getting here? And she said, yeah. And she said, okay, we're going to need to talk. And so yes, exactly, because if 10 o'clock is your call time, you can't walk in at 10.03, because you can't do that in the real world when you start work, right? And so we are mirroring for folks the same expectations that are going to exist in the workplace. And, you know, that may sound um, demeaning. It's not intended to be that at all. It really is about making sure that we're honoring our commitment to those employers, that we're giving them candidates who are going to be diligent when they show up at work because that's the single greatest complaint that you hear from employers. I can't find folks who come. Most people will say, if you give me somebody who's got the right attitude and disposition, I will train them and teach them anything else they need to know. Mm. Um, how many of these do you do a year? So we do hiring events of this scale multiple times a year, some that we drive ourselves and others that we are brought into to help assist with elected officials or community-based organizations. Hospitality Hires Chicago, we do twice a year. We do it in March to prepare for the summer season, and we do it in September to prepare for the fall tourism season. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's Ad Issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and we're looking at the way Cook County and the city of Chicago are working together to change the employment landscape. My main guest is Karen Norrington Reeves, the CEO of the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership. Now, we've spent our time so far focused on a hiring event the agency put on last week, but next we're going to move away from the noisy, busy hiring floor to a quieter office and let Karen Norrington-Reeves go into a little more detail about her mission and the challenges. So the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership is the umbrella organization that is the designated administrative agency for workforce development for the city of Chicago and Cook County. That's the clinical way to explain it, right? Okay. <laughs> um, practically, what does that mean, right? Practically, what that means is that we manage job training, job placement, employer engagement. We prepare job seekers for employment opportunities through a whole host of vehicles. And we fund workforce development agencies in the community 
as well as comprehensive workforce development centers, uh, some focused on specific sectors, some just global centers with a lot of different partners. Um, but we fund, we fund and manage this entire system, this, this ecosystem that is set up to help people get connected to employment and help employers find skilled talent. How much of that kind of work is centered on getting people ready to look for jobs versus finding the actual jobs? So we have a $70 million budget, and about $16 million is exclusively focused on job training. Those dollars can be used in a lot of ways. We, you know, you can train someone in a lot of different ways. So we have work-based learning for young adults. We have paid internships. We also have what are called on-the-job training initiatives where we partner with an employer and we cover, they make a commitment to hire someone on the front end and then we cover the cost of their training wages for up to six months. Um, we also have customized training initiatives. Uh, and then there's sort of the, the standard in workforce system, which is called an individual training account voucher. So it is um, money that does not go to an individual, it actually goes to the training institution for an individual to actually receive occupational training. Uh, and how many of those kinds of, uh, of agencies or groups do you work with? Uh, I mean, like you said, it's an ecosystem. Right. So we subgrant to more than 50 community-based organizations throughout the city and the county. And then in terms of the training side of the house, some of those agencies actually do some training. Um, but we also, the, the training account vouchers can, use, can be used with community college programs, so with the City Colleges of Chicago or uh, South Suburban College or um, a North Suburban College, such as Harper College or, or Elgin. Um, and then there are also private training programs, so it might be a truck driving program or a program that teaches folks um, uh, computer programming and coding. They all have to go through a certification process with the state and also through a certification process with us, um, but there are um, hundreds of different programs that we also support that way. And ha how have you seen your efforts and the kind of things you do evolve since you started? That's a great question. Uh, when we first started, and if you, know, if you go back into sort of Google everything, right? It, it was a wash and scandal at the county side. Um, south and west suburban Cook County were managed by uh, the President's Office of Employment Training. A lot of people had been indicted and um, went to jail over you know, fraud, embezzlement, a variety of issues. Um, the thing that stuck out most to me was that they were returning millions of dollars every single year. So we had all these workforce development funds that were not being used in the way that they needed to be used. Um, you had Northern Cook County was a separate uh, workforce system, and the city of Chicago was a separate workforce system. And nowhere in there was this thread around how do we engage employers and help them tap into the untapped potential uh, of folks out in the community. And so to see the evolution, to see us go from having been a part of city and county government, then morph into a nonprofit organization, to now becoming the largest workforce development system in the country, and to also see us bring in now, we've brought in 
nearly $60 million in philanthropic funds to support our work over the past seven years. So it's just, it's phenomenal to me to see from whence we've come to where we are. And uh, you, you and I talked early on in, uh, in this uh, organization, this agency's uh, life. Um, what are the biggest things that, uh, you know, just besides growing, uh, that's happened since then? Yeah, I would say the deepening of our services, the deepening of the employer engagement. Um, as you saw uh, just two weeks ago, it was announced that we we're going to be the talent pipeline partner for Uber Freight, and Uber just announced that they're bringing their headquarters here for Uber Freight. And that, that would never have been possible seven, eight, nine, ten years ago uh, because, number one, the system wasn't as cohesive as it is now. Um, but, two, we weren't really aligned around how you deliver business services. So the, the deepening of that relationship goes to the benefit of the public at large when those job seekers are looking for those opportunities because we have sort of the inside scoop to help them get prepared to actually be successful in obtaining those jobs. So um, so certainly deepening the business relationship is, is important. The other piece that has happened is being able to offer a lot of different programs and a lot of different ways in which to prepare people and different opportunities and options for employment. So we have created Opportunity Works, which is a youth initiative that we've done with President Preckwinkle. We created Chicago Codes, which is a coding boot camp program that is seeking to diversify the talent in the information technology field. We created the Construction Works Initiative, um, which we actually secured a competitive uh, uh, contract, if you will, with Illinois Tollway to, again, diversify the skilled trades and the skilled trades positions within tollway projects. So those types of collaborations didn't exist. Those types of opportunities didn't exist. And so those are things that we're really, really proud of. And I don't think it's, uh, it's unfair to point out that this is an example at a time when we're getting all kinds of headlines about um, at least individuals in the city and county who supposedly don't get along. What this is, is, and frankly, even when this was started, it was at a time when the city and the county didn't play nice together all the time. But this is a cooperative effort between the two in a very real sense. It absolutely is. It was born of at that time, Mayor Emanuel and President Preckwinkle's desire to figure out how to address so many inefficiencies between both sides of the House, and also looking at the fact that they were both facing serious budget crises at the time that they both took office uh, back in 2010 and 2011. And they had commissioned this committee to look at possible collaboration between the city and the county. They looked at 51 different potential areas of collaboration. They came back with recommendations in 19, and this is the one that has really stood the test of time and has, um, has endured and has really grown and, and prospered. And we're just tremendously grateful for having the opportunity to do this work and to be able to be of service to the city and the county in this way. Um, but it is just proof positive that folks can get along for the benefit of our residents. Now, you said earlier that it's, you know, in some ways a, a best-kept secret. What can you do, what can the city and the county do 
so that more people know about this kind of work and the opportunities that might be available that they didn't know about before. Yeah. I think we're growing in terms of those those marketing efforts. We've got a, a newsletter that we, we send out to about 33,000 people. I just did a post on LinkedIn regarding Uber a couple weeks ago. At most, I've gotten six, maybe I think the most was 9,000 views. Now we are over 30,000 views of one post. And so I know that it's growing, um, but people can also tell each other about the experiences that they're having um, and tell us if there's a negative experience so we can make it better the next time around. Uh, the employers that we engage are beginning to bring their other partners in. You know, it's not just an employer directly, it's their supply chain that we could also support. And so as we have those, as we continue to have successes um, for those folks who've had that experience to be able to share that out is really important. Um, like us on Twitter. We're hashtag ShyCookWorks. We're at ShyCookWorks. Like us on Twitter. Like us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Um, you know, we're out in social media. We've, we just revamped our, our website, shycookworks.org. And so folks can really learn more and more about the work that we're doing and spread that message. Now, besides seeing you be almost a blur here, uh, <laughs> you know, at the Palmer House, because you're, you know, basically you're running everything here, um, what is it that keeps you going? Wow. I, you know, I've been asked that question numerous times over the years. I used to say that the thing that kept me going was reading the newspaper in the morning and seeing how many young people had been shot or killed. Um, and I have had to stop using that as my motivation because it is soul draining. Um, what motivates me now is being able to share a different narrative about what's happening in our communities. When I watched the graduates from our Shy Codes, Chicago Codes initiative last month, I had to fight back the tears because they were all black and brown people who are walking out with a credential in coding. Uh, they, you know, they, they can do Python coding and they've, they've gotten exposed to all these different computer codes, and for these folks to represent something very, very different from what the media shares about who we are and what we do in our communities meant so much to me, and that is my motivation, to continue to mine that untapped talent and make sure that employers know that Chicago is full of skilled folks who are looking for opportunities for employment, and that if our employers can approach with a different lens they will find exactly the talent pool that they need. Now, to keep that kind of thing going, what is the partnership going to have to do to keep moving forward to the future? I mean, what are the things that you want to see happen or see be created to keep this going? There are a lot of things I think we have to do organizationally. Obviously, we're continuing to grow. We receive the second largest pot of federal workforce dollars behind the, the city of New York being first. Um, so 
those dollars fluctuate from year to year. We've got to diversify our funding. We have to get in other philanthropic funds. And I think we've got to move to a fee-for-service model on some of the work that we do. What do you mean by that? So we have workforce boards from all across the country flying in to meet with us. We just spent two days with Las Vegas teaching them how we run things here. We spent two days with the city of Dallas teaching them how we run things here. We're going to need to build out sort of the consulting side of, of our practice in order to help diversify some of our funds. Um, I think the other thing is to just continuously innovate in terms of the relationships with employers and figuring out how we uh, create sort of that niche market for ourselves. Um, do you see more um, opportunities or avenues in the high tech, in the kinds of really uh, digital world that we're facing? Yes, definitely. So the Chicago Codes initiative that we started, which was actually the brainchild of Mayor Emanuel, so we've got programs that we've started on our own, programs that President Preckwinkle asked us to start and programs that Mayor Emanuel asked us to start. And I'm sure we are now going to have programs that Mayor Lightfoot wants us to start as well. Uh, but with Chicago Codes, it, it's a pilot. And, and we just wanted to see, could it be successful? And it's very successful, and so now we need to continue to grow that. We've got inv an investment from Facebook. We got an investment from Microsoft into that project. We got an investment from the Rockefeller Foundation. And so we're going to need to continue to grow those types of investments so that we can support the individuals who go through those programs and then get placed into employment with these high-tech firms. How much uh, input do you get from the industry, from the employers? It's a great question. We actually partner with industry around the design of our programs. So for example, with the Chicago Codes, we sent out a request for information, not soliciting any proposals, just soliciting information in the industry. And we got employers to respond and give us feedback to help us design the program. And we also have um, our board, and we have advisors on that board who are in the private sector who bring together other folks to give us feedback and input that help us become better and better and better. Can, can you give an example of where an industry input uh, may have guided the kinds of stuff you do? Sure. Opportunity Works, one of our youth programs, focuses on IT, TDL, and manufacturing. So we reached out to employers. We actually convened roundtables with employers, and we got feedback around, for example, how you manage an intern and what the type of structure that they wanted to see in order to be able to support an intern at their company. Um, they wanted to know things around like workers' comp and who's the employer of record if they're, if they're hosting an intern. Technical things that uh, may sound minor or administrative, but actually can make the difference between whether an employer wants to house an intern at their site or not. And then we also talked about, well, what's the type of experience that you want to see young people acquire? And we created, um, and, and so employers gave us feedback such as, well, I can't host an intern for 8 to 11 weeks, but I could do a roundtable or I could have them shadow and I could create a great shadow experience where they would learn about the industry. So we rolled that into the program. So we have a menu of options for employer engagement so that an employer who still wants to try it out isn't necessarily on the hook for an intern for 11 weeks, but they can see what the program is all about and they can also make their mark on that young person. And so we created this entire program based on the feedback of employers, well, 
the kids couldn't finish their internships because the employers were hiring them before they finished. <laughs> um, are there frustrations to, uh, I would think, you know, you talked about the, the soul-draining, uh, uh, you know, phenomenon of, of opening the paper and still seeing people shot. And I know this, obviously, if we were talking about just law enforcement, it would be certainly frustrating. But when you look at unemployment statistics or the how many young people are still not making it out of school, into college, into jobs. Are there still frustrations at how much you can do? There are frustrations because the reality is that we have a finite amount of money in our budget every single year, and that means there's a finite number of people that we can serve, and the challenges are seemingly infinite. Mm. Um, are there moments, though, that, that, that lift your heart, lift, lift your spirit. Can you tell me about, about the times when something happens and you know you're doing it right? Yeah, there are lots of those moments. For me, coming to these hiring events and being able to see people walk out of here with hope, to see them walk out excited about having an opportunity, um, to walk out with a conditional hire in their hand, that those are the things that really, really excite me. I will also tell you, uh, you know, going to the graduations, like I just mentioned, the graduation with Chicago Codes, watching people complete our programs and walk into employment, um, looking at their pride, the pride of their family members, uh, it, that is the stuff that I find really, really rewarding. And that's all we have time for. I'd like to thank Karen Norrington-Reeves for taking all the time she spent with us this week talking about the Chicago Cook Workforce Partnership and showing us what they do. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. You can also find our podcast on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.